0: Welcome to the Run, Lift, Grow podcast with your hosts Caleb Dilley and Ryan Heenan.
1: From novice to elite athletes, we are here to tell your story and share our perspective.
0: Let's go. What's up, everybody? It's Caleb and Ryan. Welcome back to the podcast. Ryan and I are here tonight with our new friend, and his name is Ryan Steiner. Uh, We're going to introduce you to him in just a second. Um, Real quickly, though, how we met. I had recently joined a group on Facebook. And I think the name of... I've joined a couple of these. But I think the one where I saw Ryan's post was Trail and Ultra Runners. Um, So this group on Facebook, I was, you know, of course, doing my daily Facebook scroll. And I see this post. And I see this write up in these pictures. And it kind of like just... It just hit me, and I stopped what I was doing, and I read every single word. I swiped through every single picture, and I was like, "Man, I I need to know more about this person." So, of course, what did I do? I found him on Instagram, and kind of found out a little bit more about him and his story, and reached out to him, and and he kindly accepted to come on to the podcast and uh, tell his story. So, very vague background here, but Ryan's a runner. Ryan's a dad. Um, a pretty incredible person and we are honored to have him on the run lift grow podcast so ryan welcome
2: oh well thank you wow well that's an introduction there Uh, (laughs) it's funny um because uh i was so quick to say yes because you the first thing that you liked came up in my notifications and then i was like hey man you know that thing that because this the this journalist made that video the first thing that you liked Mm. and um it didn't get much traction and to me it was everything and i was really upset that people didn't just eat it up and i was like hey someone liked that video kelly made and then a little bit later you said that and i was like without hesitation yes i'm coming on your podcast like you didn't have to say anything else because what you liked is the thing that meant the most to me so
0: yeah we're gonna i'm gonna link that video in the show notes um honestly ryan a tearjerker for me uh it was yeah a really really well done video um listeners please go to the show notes after you listen to this interview check it out um you're gonna hear ryan's story tonight but i think this video it kind of shows you it just shows you everything it shows you their kind of day-to-day life um what their life looks like and what they're doing, and it's inspiring.
2: Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I love it. It's like, it was like the best little summary of like this whole thing that I've had going with my daughter. So,
1: <laughs> Ryan, let's let's get into that thing. So, if you would yeah. start us in the beginning, how? And I, I question everybody on this, and it's a it's a sincere question. So, mm-hmm. how, what got you into ultras? Of anything you could have done, of any. Any activity, any form of exercise, any anything. I'm always sincerely curious why ultras wide distance stuff.
2: Well, so um I, I'm autistic and um I, I had a really, really rough um childhood and stuff I I um I they they call it an a loper, so I would run away <laughs> when things were scary. And so they uh, medicated me and institutionalized me and kind of took that running away. Um, I gained a whole lot of weight and I was um, over 500 pounds before the age of 18. My top weight was actually 714. Um, and when I was 25, I decided that I wanted to start studying um, autism from an academic perspective and see if I could have a better life and, um, and because no one was able to help me, I was just miserable. So one of the first things I found was movement. Um, and the more I moved, the more I had the ability to think and talk and communicate with other people. And so I just kept moving and kept moving. And I <clears throat> I wanted to run. I would imagine myself a runner. <laughs> um, and uh, so after going to college for a very long time, it took me a long time to do it. Everything like I have a large capacity, um, but I have an intellectual disability that makes it hard for me to learn things. But once I do, it's there. <laughs> and um, so I I met a woman and um, she was on a weightless journey too, and she was running and she's now my wife and um, she got me running. And I, I've kind of um, felt for the first time like that—that that was what was missing. That was the key to connecting to the world. And then we had a kid, and it, it kind of snowballed out of control for me again. And I gained a lot of weight. Um, and and I I was still three hundred pounds when I, went and I met my own wife, but all the movement had got me. And then, um, I gained back up to about four hundred and seventy pounds, and I was. I had dropped out of college um, so that I could take care of our daughter um, because she was born early. Uh, Trying to put a whole bunch in a tiny spot because you asked why ultra. So I, I was in college and I wanted to. I want to impact the world of autism from the perspective of autism, and that got taken away from me when my daughter was born. And but in a good way because. I was the one who had to take care of her. She has cerebral palsy. She was born at 23 weeks. And it was just this whole host of things. So it was like, I'm really good at just waking up and doing the exact same thing every day. And I thrive in that kind of environment where others wouldn't. Um, But it hurt me a lot to give up the impact I could have. And Mm -hmm. then I was like, you know, I was watching TV and um, I saw this show. It was Dick Hoyt. And he, are you familiar with Dick Yeah. And I'm Rick just passed away like within this last week too. So um, it's, um, but anyway, like I get emotional about it. I saw this and I'm like, I'm holding my three-year-old and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I got to do something because the world sucks and I want to change it. And I'm holding her and I'm like, "I, I could run with her. I could run. And my wife's like, <laughs> no, probably not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, then I kind of dove into it a little bit. And then I was like, you know, what can I do to show the world the tenacity of autism? Because once mm-hmm. I get an idea, I can I can accomplish things that other people would think were as impossible. And so then I said, well, I'm going to run. But not only am I going to run, there's this ultra marathon thing. <laughs> And it's called endurance racing. And man, I know how to endure. If there's anything in this whole world that I know how to do, it's endure. Mm. And I just, I became obsessed with it. I was like, I have to do this. And I have this like five year plan and we're on like year four right now where I was going to run an ultra marathon in five years. But the community showed me something that I just, it blew up for me and I wasn't ready for it. And now I'm just running ultras already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, there's so much there. Yeah, we we asked a real loaded question there at the beginning. Uh, but that was on purpose. So I think you handled it beautifully. And we're going to kind of... Um, we'll jump forward a little bit. We'll jump back a little bit to to pick yeah. on different things that you said there. Um, the first thing that kind of hits me w- when you were talking about how you really thrive in routine, it sounds like. Um, yeah. And if I know anything about running, it's that when we're training for something, and if you're probably, you know, I guess there's no right way to train, but there's better ways to train and and worse ways to train. And I feel like in the better ways, you have a very regimented schedule. Uh, Today, I've got a five-mile run. Um, I got to do speed work on the next day. And then on a weekend, I've got my long run, right? So it's this this routine schedule. And after hearing you say that, I'm not surprised that you found this and, and you're successful at it um, Yeah, because routine is something that, you know, maybe I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe that you need that, that you thrive with. Yeah,
2: I definitely do. If I, if I have missed a run because of things like whenever my schedule changes, my wife's like, just go run, just go run, get out of the house. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's medication now. Like we know if I seem irritable, I need a run. <laughs> and I have like contingencies built in. I, I mean, well, I mean, that's getting tangential on you again, but I, I learned that there's more to endurance racing than just ultras. So I like learned to swim in January. I didn't know how to swim, but I learned and I did my first triathlon this last month. Wow. And so I have contingencies built in that I can keep the fitness if something happens with injury because the, the movement, it's, in it, impacts the father that i am the husband that i
1: am so so when you when you started out and you know obviously you talk about you know the weight gain obviously you had your daughter so in the beginning when when you're starting to have first the mental approach and you you put this plan together but then the actual application as far as when you kick that off your plan of actual implementation what did it look like in the beginning You know because obviously you know we we talk about you know couch to x race right those kind of plans (laughs) but getting off the couch a is the hardest part but then those first few miles those first few days weeks months right that lead up to something so when you first started obviously mentally like you said you were there you had you know the ability to create the routine and you knew you could stick to it but physically and with everything that was going on how did the beginning of that look for you
2: well I mean, I don't know um, I, if you're running at the fastest that your body can go, you feel fast, even if you're not fast. Does that make sense? No, so no doubt, <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, you know, I, I feel like onlookers, they saw this really fat guy out here just Sweating to death, really trying hard and going really slow. But I was inside my own head, and I just dreamt of that finish line from the moment I started. And I, at first, I started out with my daughter in just her wheelchair, and it, it very quickly became not able to be the wheelchair because I was getting fast enough, and she was still small enough for a stroller at the time, so um, we did that. And I, I, it was, I was so slow that I ran in the grass in the back of our apartment. I just ran back and forth. I don't even think it was the length of a football field. And a couch to 5K, it, it it doesn't give you a distance. It gives you a time. And it thought 20 minutes was long enough to get me close to a 5K. Mm-hmm. Um and it wasn't. And but that's what I did. And I just imagined it and imagined it. But but the most hilarious thing is that I I have to read a book about everything I try to do. And so not only was I out there in the backyard, in the grass, pushing a wheelchair, I was doing it barefoot because I read, I read born to run as my first running book. So good. (laughs) So, um, I started barefoot and when I dig into something again, I obsess and it becomes my thing. And so I like, found out that it, it's not actually illegal. It's just socially frowned upon to not wear shoes and say Walmart. So I swore off shoes completely for like a year and a half. And my wife hates this. And I know now, like I see the social shame from her and I see it when I tell this story, when people are like, Oh my gosh, he did what? <laughs> um, I, so, cause I've grown, which I did recognize in the title of your podcast. And I love that. Yes. Um, I, I love growth. Um, I, I want to grow. I constantly want to grow. And the person that I am today versus the person who started running is so different. It, the only thing that's remained the same as Kala is the reason. So,
0: so that's a great segue. Um, Ryan, if you could, could, could you just maybe tell us more, um, about your daughter?
2: Yeah. So, uh, my daughter's name is Kala. Um, uh, she's seven. Um, She was born uh, at 23 weeks. My wife went into labor. She actually had her in the car. And I was so dumb, like, about it. Like, I had no idea. Babies who are premature, they live all the time. So my wife's in labor. I'm excited. I reach over and I touch her belly. And she was like, you can't touch me. I'm holding her in. And it was like, it became a movie. My whole life suddenly became this, like, movie. And um, so she... She stayed in our local hospital for a while, and then um, she was lifelined um, to uh, Riley Hospital in Indianapolis, um, and she had very, very severe um, brain bleed, because um, a lot a lot of babies at 23, we got, science is awesome, 23-weekers, they survive now, um, but they get a lot of things that you don't get if you're born not outside the hospital. Like they if they they try to slow your labor and you get they get things to help their lungs form really quickly and all that but Colin didn't get any of that. So she had what's called a grade 5 um uh, uh, interventricular hemorrhage so and a grade 5 is as bad as it can get. Mm-hmm. And so her brain was full of blood. Um and the doctors tried to tell us that Um, the part of her brain that was damaged was the part that makes a person a person and that we might want to not save her, but there was never any question. Um, And so we spent six months in the hospital trying to um, save her and we did. And um, then we brought her home and we knew instantly that we couldn't leave her with a babysitter. We couldn't leave her with someone. So I, I stopped going to college because my wife was already a music therapist and already um, gainfully employed. And I was just a Mm -hmm. lonely college student. Um, and so uh, that became my life. I never thought stay-at-home dad was going to be the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. But I just um, I I soaked in. We did first steps. Um, so we had therapists: um, a speech therapist, an occupational therapist, and a physical therapist. Um, two times a week, each of those. So like constant therapy, and they would show me things, and I would soak up all their information that they gave me. And me and Cola, we would move and we would dance and that just became our thing was to move and dance. And then she needed more movement. I needed more movement and life continued.
0: <laughs> Man, it's so good. I, uh, of course the video that, um, that I saw, and I obviously ended up liking that you saw, um, showed kind of you and your daughter at home and, I mean, you can't look at her and see her interact with you and tell me that she's not a person and that she doesn't have a personality. Um, (laughs) She's beautiful and you can see the life in her eyes and and the joy that she has and the love that she has uh, for you. And I could see that in a 30 second video. I've never met her. I've never been around you guys. Uh, It was just so evident in that short video that I saw. Um, And just a quick antidote for you. I. And I kind of referenced this in my message to you, but the reason I I so connected with your story, um, I became a physical therapist because my brother has cerebral palsy, and I would go to all his appointments when we were little, and I remember seeing him working with this guy, and I was like, huh, that's interesting. That might be a cool career path to go down, and and look what happened. I did. Um, So you know, when I saw that, I was like, my goodness, um, I need to talk to this guy. And I'm so glad that we connected Ryan. Yeah. Um, you had referenced, uh, the Hoyts and for our listeners who, who don't know. So Dick and Rick father and a son and, um, the son has disability and they are famous for running all of these marathons all over the world, all over the United States. Um, I listened to this podcast about two years ago before I ever really got into running, and it was about a father and his son, and his son had cerebral palsy. And they, and again, they did this. They did these ultra marathon races, and they were connected with an organization called Ainsley's Angels. And I believe that has a part in your story. So, so we'll yeah, ask yeah. you about that here in a little bit. Um, but they were connected with that organization. And I remember two years ago, uh, I was not a runner, and I just remember listening to this podcast and tearing up. And saying, how incredible is it? The love that a father has for their, for their child.
2: Was it Sean and Seamus Evans?
0: I think that it was. Yes.
2: Yeah. They ran across the U S and then they ran down the Mississippi.
0: Oh my goodness. Here we are. (laughs) I haven't heard that. Yeah. (laughs) That's the one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but you know, being a dad and, and Ryan, you're a dad, uh, we're all dads here. Um, the love that we have for our children, right. Um, it's tough to put into words we would do anything for our children um and Ryan for you like you're you're showing that in this in this act of pushing your daughter in an ultra marathon race it's a very tangible um it's a very tangible example of your love for her um there's a lot of things that that represents but that's the kind of the first thing when i got onto your profile and i saw all these pictures and i saw all these posts is man, this guy really loves his daughter. And then that's special, right? Like, like we need more of that in the world today. So let's transition into you and Colin. How like how did you okay, you decided that you wanted to to do a race and and you wanted her to do that with you. What did that look like getting the equipment? Uh logistically, what did that look like? How did she handle it? Because I, I would imagine in a 50k race that's hours and hours and hours and hours of her setting in one spot so um, I'd love to know all the little things like did she have a tablet she's looking at lots of snacks so if you could go into that I mean I, we'd love to love to hear it
2: well no snacks she's g-tube fed so but Got I tell it. you every single every single time we do well, the, the one long race we do is uh, the hennepin 50k and every time we do it I am always chasing the clock to get her to her GTube food, so this time I'm taking the food on the chariot.
0: There you go <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, she um she you will never see this kid without a tablet. She wakes up and she taps my back and she points off into the nethers that's <laughs> I need my iPad. She doesn't even know where it is. She just knows that if she points to the sky it will it will appear. <laughs> Um, uh, she also has a communication tablet that she has with her and she likes to tell me to go faster. Oh. Um, but you know, we started out, I bought a, 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 a stroller, like a jogging stroller from the Goodwill. Cause I didn't even know, you know, is this, is this some dream that's not going to happen or what? But we've been just full throttle ever since. Um, and I used her wheelchair and stuff. And then, uh, I joined this running group and they were a road running group and I wanted her to be a little bit safer. And so I bought one of those, uh, like enclosed jogging or like bike trailers, but it had a handle on the back of it. So I could push it or pull it. And she rode in that until she was busting out of it. It was hilarious. Like I have so many pictures of her just like with her face smashed coming <laughs> out of the screen, but she needed to, she the the thing that surprised me most is that the movement the way that it helps me it helps her and she's not even moving her legs it's just the way that the world is moving past her peripheral vision that Mm. does something for her proprioceptive system that and she came back today and after a run today and was talking to her therapist she was like "Ah, and she was like whoa and i said i told you she's different after a run and um So, you know, I shared a few times in the trail and ultra running group, which it, it has a bad reputation at times, but I've, I've found so many great people in there. So I just like ignore the bad stuff. Um, And so I shared about her and I got quite a few people that were like, you should start an Instagram and, and, you know, share this running journey. And there's just so much unhappiness on the internet. And so I wanted to be something of happiness on the internet. And everyone else seemed to find that too. And so this is, I've told this story to answer your question about equipment. I just want you to know I haven't gone tangential on you because I do that. You're good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so uh, during one of the races that I did by myself, because I was unsure about whether or not Kala could, and I was trying to feel things out in the beginning, i Um, my wife is waiting for me in the van and she has Kala with us. And I'm standing there at the starting line and I look over and there's this guy and he's sitting in the most magnificent racing wheelchair I've ever seen in my life. And so I say to him, I'm like, yo, man, I love your chair. And the person behind him was like, he doesn't talk. And I was like, oh, well, he can hear though. And he was like, but do you you want to know about the chair? And I was like, I do, I do. And um, I like took pictures of it and it ended up being the Ainsley's angels. And so I looked them up and I lived in uh, Terre Haute, Indiana at the time. And the closest one to me was in Northern Indiana. And I was pretty disappointed that I couldn't like run with this group of people that are also pushing people. And, Mm. and so Um, about six months later my wife accepted a position in northern indiana and the first thought i had was i get to run with those angel people (laughs) um the guy was wearing a unicorn outfit too which also just stole my heart (laughs) and um like i ran that 5k faster than i'd run any 5k because i couldn't wait to get back to the van to tell amanda and kala that they could have done the race with me first and second oh my gosh. And, uh, so, you know, I started getting connected with people like that. And when Kala outgrew the next trailer that she had, I, um, I did a fundraiser through Ainsley's Angels and I thought, all right, you know, in like maybe six, seven months, we can get this amazing, um, uh, they call them the chariots they're adapted wheelchairs it's a it's like a soapbox for me when people are like i love your stroller well it's not a stroller it's a wheelchair and wheelchair is an important word i feel like people are scared of it yeah. and uh, so i like to wheelchair um <laughs> And so this adapted wheelchair, and it's almost Christmas when I put the ad, the um, fundraiser up. And in less than three weeks, it was, uh, I think, I, I don't want to be wrong, but it was like almost $6,000 chair. And in three weeks, um, the money is raised to get the chair. So wow. um, Rooster Rossiter, the, um, Ainsley's dad and the the head honcho at Ainsley's Angels, he sends me a message and he's like, you know, um, you want to talk about the chair? And so we jump on the phone for just a second and he's like, so here's the thing. I can get it to you before Christmas if you take, because I was going to get a green chair because that's called his favorite color and all Mm -hmm. this stuff. He was like, if you take the standard Size that will hold a three hundred pound adult, but you have these big, long, ambitious dreams, and you take the Ainsley's Angel pink color. I can have it to you by next week. So then that means she gets this new chair for Christmas. Wow. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I want that. I want it for <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> um, So that's what we did for Christmas morning. Was we ran in the new chair, and um, it solidified our our relationship, uh, like with um Ainsley's I mean already we're running with Ainsley's Angels and all that but it was just like um each person like he knew what he already knew what we did and he's like you do these long races and you do this stuff and it's just like there's so many people with Ainsley's Angels but he knew who we were and what our needs were and he fulfilled it and he's just so um in tune with the whole community of inclusion and I love that
1: no that's super cool uh, so you talked about you know focusing on the positive aspects of of the community, the running community, and the the support that that offers. Caleb and I are huge on that. We both are advocates for our respective you know sports. We'll call it that that we love. And so I appreciate that you also have that same focus because again, highlighting the benefits not only for yourself but what the groups can offer to anybody and everybody that has any need, anything out there. I'm curious. Emotionally, obviously we think, okay, physically, how hard would it be for you to run ultras or anyone to run ultras, especially if you're pushing somebody, even in a great wheelchair. Emotionally, can you kind of walk me through when you're, when you're doing these distances, where are you at emotionally when you start and as you go through a race and because you're, it's such a dynamic thing that you're experiencing for two people, can you kind of walk me through and obviously, again, any human, right, as you're doing this no matter how much you love it or not, right, you you face the ups and downs yeah. through these long distances, through these long times, weather, everything, right, all the variables. But as you start and set out on one of these long runs, and obviously, again, your circumstance is so unique, how does that impact you, or how does the whole scenario impact you emotionally? Can you kind of walk me through either one of your favorite runs or something that stood out to you and just kind of how you processed it mentally?
2: Well, you know, I, I feel like, Ultras, they're they're like a um, condensed time warp where you can experience all the things you experience in life, including profound friendships with people you never see again. Um, And then so you get these, it's like life concentrated. (laughs) And so it's just like all these practice opportunities. The amount I've grown since I've started running Ultras is... Um, it shocks me. And I think I have unlimited potential. Um, uh, I've never had a problem believing in myself. It was all the other stuff that was in my way. And so I I really feel like um, every single race I grow and every single race, I start out thinking I'm going to do it fast. So to answer the question, I actually, um, the, the, The last time I ran Hennepin, I was injured and I shouldn't have run, but it's my thing with Kala. And uh, we actually DNF'd um, because we tried to put her in a tent to give her privacy while she was being changed and she doesn't like tents. But we've now learned from some Ainsley's Angels friends that you just grab strangers and blankets. Mm -hmm. Um, So we got it this year. Um, but my foot was sore. And so we started out too fast. And so I feel like every time we learn what we have to give to each other, like the first time I did it, um, I knew that no matter what, no matter how slow is there's a 21 hour cutoff. So no matter how long it takes, I can make it. Um, and so the first time my thought was Kala has to see this finish line, because the thing I wanted to see the most was we get her out of the chariot and we put her in a gate trainer and she walks across the finish line using her own two feet. And so I wanted her to finish her first 50 K. And um, so that's what got me there the first time. And so I recently, I just did 50 K by myself. Um, and I, and on a trail and I like was practicing um, uh, my mindset and where I want to be. And I realized during that race, what I did wrong last year um, and wh- why we got our DNF. Cause it wasn't cause Kala was scared. I let that allow me to DNF, but it was the thing that let me. And it was that I was running, pushing Kala, but I wasn't there with Kala in the same way because I had let the race to go away with me. And so the thing I get from running with Kala is that um, this life is, it's me and her. And so I, as her stay at home parent, whatever struggle I have to go through in life, um, it's me and her. Sometimes the doctor's appointment, my wife works two jobs so that I can be a stay at home parent sometimes she cries through the entire doctor's appointment and it's unbearable. And so the race pushing her and my body hurting and feeling like I can't do it and everything like that. And then making it to the end, it makes me able to do the next doctor's appointment, the next surgery, the next therapy that she hates and all those things. But also, it allows me to do those things while listening to her because it's really hard to listen to someone who isn't speaking to you. Because and that's another one of my soapboxes is that Kala isn't is not nonverbal. She uses verbiage all of the time she's non-speaking but you have to listen closer and sometimes when the chaos of life is so loud you can't hear what she's saying and you have to try harder and so we were disconnected last year at hennepin i was pushing too hard trying to run the race at a certain time and show everyone all this stuff instead of listening to kala and so that's what goes through my head in races is is am I listening to me? Am I listening to Kala? Am I listening to all of this? Because that's what I want to be able to do outside of the race.
0: Man, that's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so good. Uh, and and for our listeners, um, Ryan, you can correct me. I've seen that video where you you put Kala in the gate trainer. It was that in the video that the um, filmmaker made for you, or did I see that on a different post?
2: It was a different post. Yeah. Okay. That there was like all kinds of cameras pulled out when we got to the finish line at Hennepin. They're like, wow. So there's all okay. kinds of dark angle. Yeah. Goodness. But goodness. she probably, she, maybe there might be video of her in the gate trainer in the video that Kelly made. I'm not sure.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I saw that, at, you know, you were, you know, pushing her in the wheelchair, the chariot. And then I think your wife had come over and you guys had got her out and, and um, put her in the gate trainer, And oh my goodness, she crosses that finish line and you're encouraging her and your wife's encouraging her and she's, she's motoring, she's doing it. And, and the other thing that I noticed when I watched that video, and I'm sure you noticed this too, is all the people that were around were cheering her and getting their phones out and taking videos. And it was such a moment of, um, I can only imagine how you felt, but such a moment of accomplishment and endurance and um, so much pride on your face, right. As she was, she was crossing that line. Um, again, I'll try to link that, uh, uh specific video into the show notes. Um, it's something that you need to see. It's, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment.
2: I mean, it takes a lot of endurance to ride that long, especially the race that you're talking about that finish line. It took me 11 hours and 40 minutes to finish that 50 K and she fell asleep. She stayed awake the whole time. She fell asleep between the last water aid station and the finish line. And we were waking her up. We we woke her up and said, Do you want to cross the finish line? And her eyes popped up real big. And she's like, ah! and then, Yeah, she's she wants to cry because we practice the finish line. We get out there and we cheer and scream at her. Uh, so.
0: That's awesome. The one thing that that I love um is several times um since we've been talking with you, um, you'll I know you've said it's your soapbox. Um I don't look at it that way. I think it's education. Um so certain terms uh, maybe that people aren't familiar with. So so you had said the nonverbal versus non-speaking, right? That's important. And then the stroller versus versus the wheelchair. So I think the one thing I'd like to ask you about is as you've gone on this journey um into the running community, into the running world uh with Kala, how has like how has inclusivity been? Is that something that has not been a problem at all. Have you hit some roadblocks with that? And then I guess on a second question, and I can repeat this for you if you need me to, um, have you had to educate a lot of people through this process?
2: Um, You know, I haven't met a lot of roadblocks, but I've kind of kept things pretty close to myself. Like I run the same races. And I, I find people that and I say safe and I, I don't I don't go into what makes me feel safe, but um, I just try to tell people, well, this is where I feel safe and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so I, I I feel like a lot of people think that I've done a lot of education Um I don't feel like I do a lot of educating. I feel like I'm just existing, and so that's my thing is that I want to be visible as a disabled person. But I don't. Some some of these autism advocates are amazing, and they put so much cognitive effort into all of the things that they're teaching the world. But you can stump me real quick. Um, I just I I can't. I don't have the cognitive power for all that. I need a lot of time, and so. I feel like people have learned a lot by me existing and sharing whatever struggle I'm going through or anything like that. But I'm not, I I mean, I, I guess in a sense, I'm trying to teach people things, but really I'm just trying to make the world more comfortable for Kala and people like Kala. Cause it's real uncomfortable for me. And the thing I tell my um, friend my friends who are also disability advocates uh, I always point it out is it's this mantra that I tell myself is that we're not advocates so that the world is comfortable for us Mm
0: -hmm. we're
2: advocates so that the world will be comfortable for the people who come behind us and Mm -hmm. so I just keep on sharing how stressful it is but I feel like people get a really wrong impression because I also have this need to like make everything sunny and happy so people think that things are grand but it's hard. <laughs> no, um, you're,
1: you're talking to two guys who are, are very similar in, in that way. Caleb and I very much try to infuse as much positivity in our own lives and in our circles and, you know, as we can. And at the same time, everybody also is you know, going through stuff, right? Life, yeah, everybody's yeah. Going, going through something, Ryan, Something that you said that stuck out to me, you, you mentioned that you learned and you realized what you felt you did wrong in a race and in an immediately click so Caleb and I both have what we call redemption stories, specifically to competitions that we train for, and that we focused on and, and similar to you, we got to a point to where we let our egos, essentially get the better of us. And we ended up having, I won't say terrible, but relatively, terrible, yeah, ex- relatively, relatively speaking terrible experiences, based on what we had in our mind. And so, so much of what we ended up doing after that was because we realized what we did wrong. And even though in the moment it was a huge ego check, and it was, I, you know, again, athletically speaking, it was a failure compared to our goals, mm-hmm. but it also gave us the insight of what to do better and the pitfalls not to fall into physically and emotionally, because, you know, it's both things are always involved in these sports. And so, for you, and in earlier, you had mentioned that you had a a, a three to five-year plan or a five-year plan, I believe, and how you obviously fast-tracked that <laughs> like all of us would want to, right? And you're already running. So I'm curious now, right? You're, you're tearing it up. You're, you're ahead on your plan. So now, and you, and you obviously you're learning as you will call it compete, right? These races, they're competitions in a sense, but yeah. as you've continued to race, so now, now that you're ahead of your goals, how are you now looking to set goals? What kind of plans are you making for yourself now, right? You've obviously you're accomplishing a lot, you've done a lot. So I think sometimes the fun part, and again, Caleb and I talk about it all the time is planning and setting goals and how important that is. But at the same time, when you put that out there, all of a sudden it creates a lot more accountability as well, right? Whether you just tell your wife or you tell your friend circle or you post it socially, <laughs> when you start putting those dates and races and things out there, all of a sudden it makes it that much more real. So I'm curious, looking ahead, since you've already you're ahead of your timeline, how are you setting goals for yourself moving forward?
2: Well, um, I mean, moving forward, I am just, I'm so into all this growth that's happening and it's coming, all this opportunity for growth is coming from all these different directions. Um, when I was learning to swim, it turns out there was a guy here in in my town that did Ironmans and through the series of connections, um, we he he was like hey i'm gonna come help you swim and so now i've been i've started lifting um and so he's he's been helping me with that um and so i my big goal is just to like continue getting to be a really well-rounded athlete but when you're putting like goals out there that people will hold you to i got one for you um and i haven't shared it on social media yet um, so, uh, I could, well, first I want to do an Ironman cause this guy, he's hardcore. And so I, I'm, that's in the back of my mind. Um, and then also, uh, it's, it's time to do the Sean and Seamus Evans, nowhere near as fast as them, but, um, we'd like to start, I mean, it's going to take a couple of years to plan and fundraise and do everything that we want to do. But, um, as a family, um, I think that we're ready to do a cross country run, run walk because i'm i'm not uh sean evans okay um (laughs) they they are fast um i hope that he'll watch this and want to come with us for some of those miles though yes um uh but yeah that's that's where we are right now um uh talking to this company naked um uh and uh you know they want to be involved too with doing a a cross-country thing and uh, you know, autism awareness and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's, that's thrilling, man. That is, yeah. uh, well, we feel honored that you kind of dropped <laughs> that, dropped that goal on our show. So that's, that's amazing. Um, and I tell you, so I, I don't, I think I mentioned this too when we had uh, reached out to you, but we live in Ohio. So we're not, you know, we're not too far from you. I don't know what your radius is as far as races go, but if you and your daughter are looking for, for a race and i know the comfort thing but there is a great fast and flat race here in ohio called the K- canal corridor corridor and uh they, they have all different race dis- distances um but it, when you when you were saying that about your goals is like man we need to get him here to ohio so we can come and cheer cheer color across the across the finish line <laughs> but we're not too far away yeah. so maybe the next hennepin uh w- what's what town is is that run in
2: Um, so it, the whole hundred runs from Sterling, Illinois to Kelowna, Illinois. Um, but then we just go, we usually, I'm bad with towns, but it, the the finish line is in Kelowna, Illinois.
0: Okay. And you guys are running that this year?
2: Yes. We're actually, we're actually running it this year and, um, we will not be the only angel rider team. Um, who will be running the fifty k so
0: we have some friends um, out there?
2: one to two more chariots will be out on the the course this year, so I'm very excited uh, ainsley's angels has um like I know that a lot of the emphasis is on on and we're like way over the time you guys wanted to talk to me, so I apologize it's okay uh, but um like a lot of the emphasis is on the um the the writers and uh, all that and but um being part of that organization um I made friends with um, another runner and he um, runs with me every weekend on the trails. And um, so I, I struggle to leave my house. I have a lot of issues with my disability that I just don't put out there. Um, and, and so um I usually just run outside of my door, except for on the weekend or if I have a race, because it it creates a safe environment for me. So he's created a safe environment for me with just him. And so I can run at my own pace. He runs ahead of me because he's wicked fast now he was not as fast as me at first because he was not a trail runner, but after the whole winter now he's like gone. Um, but you know, because of Ainsley's angels, then I get lots of trail practice and stuff like that. So that's what I'm saying. Like, um, I would come to Ohio if I knew someone at the race and that's what makes it safe. And so he is an Ainsley's angel pusher. And so he's going to come do the 50 K with me. Cause I'm like, talk to him about it all the time. I'm like, you have to do this with me. So, you know,
1: and just for, for folks that might be curious, when is that race the same time every year?
2: Yes. And, yeah. and the first, the first weekend of October.
1: That's awesome. Perfect weather potentially. Um, yeah.
2: Sometimes it rains, but I like to run in the rain.
1: We'll have to check out the map. I'm also not incredibly familiar with Illinois geography, but I will be in Illinois late October for some hunting. So we might, we might have to link up, right?
0: There it is. Yeah. There it is. Well. Before we start to wrap things up here, um, for our listeners, we're going to, if it's okay with you, Ryan, we're going to put your socials in there. Um, We want people to um, be able to follow along um, in your journey, and your daughter's journey. And my goodness, we want to root you guys across the finish line here in the first week of October. Um, So we're going to put all that there. I'm also going to link, as I mentioned before, those two videos. And I'm going to put the Ainsley's Angels organization website in there as well um like i said i became familiar with them a couple years ago and they just do um absolutely incredible work so if that's something for our listeners that sparks your interest um it'll be there in the show notes to check it out and um ryan did you have any other questions for for our guest tonight man it's
1: all good absolutely loved the conversation you know thanks for coming on thanks for being as open and and sharing everything and whether you're trying to or not, you're advocating and educating people about causes that are super important um, and you're super positive about it. So on one hand, I'll tell you, you inspired me. On the other, I know you're inspiring other people. So please keep doing what you're doing. And uh, again, if you ever need any support or cheering in the background, you give me or Caleb a call and uh, we're here for you. man. That's
2: right. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me.
0: Absolutely, and I, I do want to say this before uh, we sign off here. Um, you know, Ryan, I listen to a lot of uh, running podcasts, running media, um, and a lot of what I listen to is, and a lot of honestly, what's out there are elites. And there's nothing wrong with being elite because obviously you're very good <laughs> at what you do, and they have very interesting stories. Um, but I'll be I'll be frank; like sometimes it's really tough to connect with them because I can't run a 640 pace on a trail. You know, I can't run sub 14 for a hundred mile race. There's just, I'll never be able to do that. It's, I think it's important to understand your limitations. It's okay to dream big. Um, but for some of those elite runners, it's really tough to connect with. Um, and what I love about you and your story, man, is um, it's so real. Um, and and you, again, you're so vulnerable and open. Um, whether or not you feel like that, it, it at least comes off that way. And I think that you've, again, uh, been very gracious w- with what you shared with us on the show tonight. So I, I know that as soon as I looked at one of your posts, I mean, I connected, right. And I wanted to know more. And that's what I'm excited about for our listeners that are going to hear your story, that are going to go to your page, that are going to follow this journey with you. So again, just a massive thank you for coming on. Um, and, and just sharing your story, man, it's powerful. And I would just encourage you to, uh, to keep doing what you're doing, to keep putting that out there for all your followers. Because uh, like Ryan said, man, it's inspiring. So thank you. Thank you. So we hope there was something that you gained from this conversation. Our goal is that you would take away inspiration that allows you to go an extra mile in your next run or add another pound to your next lift. Until next time, run toward your goals, lift up others, and grow your perspective.